You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us this week is Todd Wilkinson. Todd is a producer from the great state of South Dakota, and he's also NCBA's Policy Division Vice Chair. Todd, thanks for joining us this week. Well, it's great to be here, especially in Washington, D.C. All right, and here is uh, a hearing room with the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee where you just testified on a hearing about uh, sustainability, about emissions, about environmental quality. Um, can you just tell folks, just what's your sort of like immediate post-game reaction? How did the hearing go today, do you think? Well, I'm always uh, impressed with the with the sausage making that goes on in Washington D.C. And you know, I thought the senator's comments were were thoughtful, in, insightful, um, and I think that uh, they recognize that there's an issue. But I hope that what we came out of this with, uh, from a cattle producer's side, is that we're part of the solution. We're not part of the problem. Right, and that was sort of the headline from your testimony, is that American beef is, is part of the solution on climate change. We find ourselves on the defensive a lot, so it's nice to see us go on offense a little bit. And it was a little bit interesting when I, I tuned into this hearing. I hadn't had a chance to look at the other witnesses on the witness list, and Senator White, uh, Whitehouse from um, Rhode Island started things off. He's the ranking Democrat on this committee, and he started off by saying, well, you know, a couple of the, the organizations represented on this uh, panel haven't exactly been at the fore front of you know solving climate change and I didn't know who else was on the panel besides you and I was kind of braced I was like oh man what kind of damage control are we gonna have to do here Um, but he was talking about a couple of the other organizations out there Um, so it was kind of nice for for the cattle industry to be seen as part of the solution not part of the problem and in your testimony talk a little bit about what you said about how we are improving and how we're a part of the solution and not really part of the problem here well you you know the the most glaring statistic that that uh producers need to talk about is the fact that you know in the 1970s we had a third more cows than we do right now and yet today with that reduction of our cow herd by a third we're producing as much beef as we did in the 1970s so you know uh, that certainly is changing our footprint on on America in in a positive way plus uh, you know the other thing that's out there uh, America's beef production is 10 to 50 times uh, less uh, carbon intensive uh, than the rest of the world. So we've got a message that we can uh, say uh, to those that are looking at uh, the carbon issue, hey, we've got a good, a good message here. Here we're the solution, and uh, we can take care of America's grasslands and move forward. Right. And another issue, I mean, I know you brought up the, the methane issue um, and the statistics that we always talk about is, you know, direct emissions from cattle in the U.S., beef cattle in the U.S. accounted for only 2% of uh, the, the greenhouse gas emissions in the United States. That was a topic of conversation during this. And in your written testimony, and I think in some of your, your uh, oral testimony, you talked about um, the methane issue and how it's a big cycle. Can you explain that for folks? Because I think it's something that we're going to have to continue to educate people on, um, you know, when, when Green New Deal proponents are talking about the dangers of farting cows and things like that. So talk a little bit about the cycle of, of methane and how it uh, doesn't have a long-term impact on, on climate change. Yeah, and you know, that's really the positive uh, takeaway from this is, you know, that what we do is we're, we're the circle of life. The cows, the cows eat the grass, um, and, and they, they do produce methane, and that methane is then, over a 10-year period, is largely uh, uh, oxidated back to, uh, 
uh, uh, carbon, and that carbon then goes back into the soils, into the root structure of the, of the grasses, and the whole cycle keeps repeating itself. I guess the one thing I, I would have liked to have uh, added here today, had the question been asked, is, you know, these people that are, are trying to throw darts at, at the livestock industry ought to look at how many buffalo were running in this country 200 years ago. We actually have about the, the same number of animals, and yet um, we're, we're producing it, uh, we're producing no more methane than, than it was here 200 years ago. And that methane is not a negative. When everything's in balance, uh, methane's not our enemy. Right. And so one, one thing that struck me during this, this hearing was, you know, we deal a lot with reporters and activists who, who you know, and, you know, people in the plant-based protein alternative industries who are pointing the finger at, at beef and cattle consumption and production and saying you're the top problem facing climate change or causing climate change. It seemed like the panelists here seemed to recognize that that's not true, and it seemed like the members of the of the subcommittee realized that that's not the case. So, um, so good job uh, explaining that to them. Um, you've testified on the Hill before, um, but it's always a unique experience, and it's always nice um, to see our members come to Washington and make their voices heard. Can you just talk a little bit about the importance of producers making their voices heard um, in the halls of Congress. I mean, not everybody's going to get to come here and testify, but if you join a, a group like NCBA and get involved, um, you might have that opportunity. But just talk a little bit about the importance of everybody getting involved and making their voices heard as these you know, lawmakers are, are looking for information on these issues. You know what, you, what a producer should take away from this uh, process is they, they should watch what goes on out here. And, and they should tune in. I know it's easy for us to, to ignore the news and just go out and do our jobs, but we, we can be the guys with the white hat. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here not wearing my black hat today, literally, because we, we have a positive message to share. And most importantly, uh, getting involved and taking the time to come out here uh, through NCBA, you can actually see people listen to you and understand that you're making an impact. You know, and so many uh, things you get involved in, you can't see a direct correlation, but here you can see um, a result from your dedicated time as a volunteer. And I, I would encourage all the producers out there to, to stay involved. I mean, we can be a, a target, and unless we take steps to protect ourselves, we're gonna remain a target, but we have the best message to share. Absolutely. Well, thanks a lot for coming out here. Thanks for your time. Um, and uh, thanks for joining us on the podcast. Well, thank you very much. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. Check us out online at policy.ncba.org and follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.